You're listening to the Make Love to Life podcast. So let's make love to life. So today I want to talk with you about surrender, deep surrender, and therefore the ultimate power and the true essence of femininity. And I'm going to look at it from the perspective of a polarized relationship, a healthy polarized relationship with a man. Uh, so really looking at, okay, here are these counter opposite energies and how do they work together and what does it require from a man and a woman to really bring that into balance and to allow an aspect of the power from the woman to arise. So when I, I might be scraping my throat a little bit more than usual. <laughs> I have some residue of um, having been sick, but you know, I do feel really well. And I definitely want to share today. So thank you for being patient with the lack of clarity in my voice. But I'm sure my words will be clear enough. So yeah, the reason I want to speak about this subject is because it's been an ongoing lesson that has come to me throughout pregnancy. So I'm definitely going to speak to you through the lens of pregnancy. Because honestly, it's been the ultimate initiation in letting go, surrender, and allowing an aspect of my feminine to come forth that I've just never been able to touch in this way. And it is of such uh, profundidad, like it's so profound in the experience. And, and it is almost, it's almost like a, like a surprise, no? Because um, like I shared in my previous podcast, it's like, yeah, I worked with women for eight years, the womb, sexuality, femininity. I mean, I delved into this subject really, really deeply. And yet in this year, being in a healthy polarized relationship and obviously, um, becoming pregnant and allowing the pregnancy to really, um, move me, move me to my core and allow this existential transformation to occur has opened up doors to my femininity and allowing me to experience aspects of the feminine that are literally so much deeper than the depth that I thought I had already reached within my understanding and the experiential understanding of um, what it means to express my feminine. And it's, it's like, wow, it's, it's so humbling to have these experiences being a woman as I am, which is, you know, having been ultra independent, obviously having been a, a coach and a healer and a guide for God knows how many people for more than 10 years, no? And so it's so humbling to then say, okay, the truth of what I shared is true. And yet where I am now, I'm able to see things from a deeper perspective that has just softened me um, in a way that I, yeah, I mean, this whole journey of pregnancy has probably been the most profound experience of my life. And I know that the birth and the coming of our child is, is going to even further that transformation. And yet I just want to speak from the place that I am in now and the fascination that I feel for it, and also the importance of sharing um, about the power of surrender. Because 
the majority of women uh, who often are single, no? Like, whatever you go on Instagram, there's these intimacy coaches and sexually empowered women, and a lot of messages are being sent um, about what it means to be sexually empowered and, and, and so on and live your life as you wish. And yet, when it when I look at through when I look at that through the lens of okay, which part of those messages is coming from the feminine, the actual feminine, and which part of those messages is coming from the masculine, I would say the ratio is still more from the masculine within the feminine. And I'm not saying that that's, that that is not empowered because it is, and it's how I've lived the majority of my life. And there is a um, importance of knowing how to express that and knowing how to embody that. And yet I can speak from experience, not just from my own life, but also having worked with ultra independent, strong women, um, as my clients who live the lives that they want to live and yet struggle to attract the type of man that can really complement them. So I would say the core, um, reason of why this is happening is because this woman is too much in her masculine and therefore there's not enough space for a true masculine man to be um, allowed in that space. So how to connect more deeply with that feminine essence? And, it, and it's all, it's difficult for me to put to words because, you know, we use the same words, but the meaning changes once you have deeper experiences. So what I'm going to do is just share stories <laughs> so that it all becomes a little bit clearer because I'm sure I'm using words that you've read a million times and yet you're still in that loop of being happy in all areas of your life and yet not having the kind of relationship that you really long for and to really be able to let go and truly be supported. You know? Because that's one, one thing that is quite common for strong, independent women that we end up feeling like uh, we take more initiative, we lead more, we support more than what is actually coming back in you know, relationships that are not as polarized as they can be. And the, sure, there is a part, there's a huge part that has to be fulfilled by the man. And it requires him to truly understand what it means to take that leading role, that support of that, you know, that true expression of the masculine. Uh, but that's not what this episode is about. It's really about what can the woman do to soften, to open, to magnetize and to um, allow a polarized relationship to exist. Or if you are in a relationship to really see like, okay, what are these edges that you can just soften so that your man can step up in the way that you really long for? So to begin this episode, I just want to talk about the three stages that I've so far seen in my pregnancy. And now that I'm saying it like this, it, it does actually match the the three trimesters, no, me being in the third trimester right now, um, of how the teachings of surrender have come to me. So in the very, very beginning, the first trimester, I knew that it could affect me with nausea and fatigue, but I was also still determined at the time to finish the projects that I wanted to finish, um, which was recording certain courses and offering a live course. Like I was quite sure that all those things could just continue to be part of my life. And that later on in the, in the pregnancy, I would really just let go of all of that work. 
And I think the, the experience will be different for every woman. But in my experience, I really, 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 really strongly felt that I was shifting into this whole new expression and connection and relation to reality that just didn't want me to be so focused on uh, my work, my purpose, and all of these things that have been so priority in my life in the sense of serving others. It was, it was energetically, it was just so strong that I need to be in service of my baby. I need to be in service of my home, um, of Ruan, of my body and allow that to be prioritized. And as that shift occurred, time started to disappear. And I started to see that in this altered state of consciousness, certain things just don't make sense as much like planning, like having, um, scheduled sessions with clients, but also the impact it had on me to have these profound conversations with my clients, it, it would really shake me, no? Like I'm anyway very sensitive because otherwise I wouldn't be able to do what I do, no, as a coach, uh, to sense deeply, to hear beyond the words of what a person is telling me and to guide them into the direction. But energetically, I, I couldn't navigate the way that I could in the past. It affected me so much that I often would dream about my clients and the, the guidance. Cause like when we guide being a coach or whatever, it's almost like the way I see it is like, I see the steps that they need to take. And instead of telling them, which are the steps I guide them into discovering it for themselves. No. So like how to get to where I know your potential is, but for you to figure it out. And that process became so blurry <laughs> because my hormones were changing and my, my perception of reality and consciousness, like everything was overtaken by my feminine. And so those masculine qualities started to fade. And whenever I pushed to allow those masculine qualities to be alive, it, it's almost like swimming upstream. It like, it went against what nature was wanting in the present moment. And so I, I struggled back and forth with, with, um, you know, wanting to finish those courses and pushing myself a little bit and thinking about offering there to love and, and, you know, this course of mine and blah, 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 blah to eventually get to a point where I knew I had to just fully, fully let go. Mainly because all the lessons of life and the symbolism that I was receiving and the feedback of the universe was just telling me, stop, relax, be. And finally I did. And, and coming to that conclusion, um, yeah, didn't come without a fight, no, because it, it really meant stepping away from everything that makes me feel comfortable and makes me feel in my power in a way to really replace that with a different kind of power. So that was basically phase one, no, of, of deepening my connection to surrender and allowing more of this feminine to come out. And what has been amazing throughout that process is, you know, moving through it with my partner to exchange ideas. And from the very beginning of my pregnancy, he's been so clear that my main job is to be pregnant and it is the ultimate job and it is the most important job. 
And I can't express like how touched I was, especially in the very, very, very beginning when the body is so tremendously affected, even though the, you know, the, the fruit is still so tiny that it's not even visible from the outside. It, it, it's like, wow, the impact is, is tremendous. And to continuously hear those words being reflected by my partner in full acceptance of like, whatever you want to let go, let go, whatever you want to do, do it if it feels good. But in essence, even on the days that you don't do anything, you're doing everything. Oof, I get goosebumps just speaking those words because it's like, I really hope more women receive those words as they fall pregnant, especially the first time when all of these lessons need to come out. And so the second part of the, you know, sinking into deeper surrender, which was in my second trimester, um, had to do with the death of identity which is what I kind of spoke about in my previous um, episode on this podcast, where things were just stripping away, falling away, to the point where I would have these experiences where it almost felt like I am drifting, floating in an infinite space of nothingness, where parts of my previous identity have fallen off, most likely forever, and yet, I can't yet touch what is this new identity that I am becoming, even though I get glimpses of it, and even though there are ideas of like, you know, whenever I will pick up my work again in the future, it will have a different flavor. And yet, I cannot yet taste it because it will require me to go through the birthing process, which is the ultimate feminine experience of opening and surrendering and expanding and letting go. And, and, and after the birth, of course, the, the beginning of what it really means to, to step into the expression of being the ultimate source of love and nourishment for this little child. And that will impact the way that I will serve my purpose and my creativity, and it will just have time. It will need time. Um, so anyway, in the second stage of tapping into surrender, there was just a lot of um, recognizing, like, uh, I don't yet know who I am becoming, and I don't know exactly what it is that I should be giving attention to, especially when it comes to my writing, for example, on, on Instagram, but also these recordings no, of, of my podcast. I've had these really clear moments of inspiration where... I would reach out to, um, for example, I reached out to an ex-client of mine and I reached out to a friend of mine who I knew I, I could have really profound conversations with on my podcast. And yet the planning aspect was so difficult. And on top of that, we had agreed on certain subjects. But then the week after, so much was already changing in my body and the experience of my reality that it, that it didn't make sense anymore to record it. And so it really has left me in this space of like, okay, do I give up my podcast channel completely? I've many times thought about deleting it completely and really picking it up the moment I know what is the essence of what I truly want to share. Um, because some of it is going to stay, no, like the heart of my work has been to let go of the past and let go of the patterns of the past that were preventing you from attracting the love that you desire. 
in order to be able to open the heart again and really dare to love? Like, how do we let go of, of these um, impactful experiences of the past and find trust again? And this is one subject that fascinates me deeply and it will forever be. And something has to change. So I'm the type of person who just goes, okay, control, alt, delete. <laughs> Let's get rid of everything and start over. But uh, I can't yet because I don't know what is going to be replaced. So yeah, this has brought like moments of inspiration, not sharing, sharing, uh, losing the moment, um, wanting to record, not record. It's like, but you have to surrender to that process of confusion because there is no big boom without the confusion and the chaos, right? Like the chaos is what births stars. And so to allow that and to even enjoy the contradictory um, thoughts that arise within that process. Um, and, and that part has actually been quite enjoyable. Um, probably because the first stage of letting go of work and the identity of the intimacy life coach and who I am online and why I share, like once I got over that, it was, it was good. Now I'm in the third stage and this is actually the one that I want to highlight a little bit more because I think there's a lot of women who can relate to this perhaps in a different way. So this stage has everything to do with the ultimate connection to being supported. So I don't know if you have always felt ultimately supported in your intimate relationships, but for me this was a pattern of not feeling that. And I knew in my journey at some point that sometimes, yes, it had to do with the man who just wasn't capable of taking initiative and being the source of support in the way that I needed um, to really fine-tune how to support me as opposed to giving the support that they want to give. No, there's a huge difference in that. And I also knew that there was a part of not feeling supported that had everything to do with my uh, connection to reality, meaning very often support is being offered and yet we are unable to receive because we're not in the ultimate feminine. Receptivity is the way that the feminine receives. And in order to receive, there has to be tremendous trust. Because you cannot be in a state of protection or feeling like you need to take care of things and simultaneously receive. That's a contradiction within itself. That is the masculine masking itself, pretending that it's open to receive when it really isn't. Because in order to get there, the layer of the masculine has to drop down completely. And whatever I thought I had already experienced in the past when it comes to being open, being in trust, um, allowing support to come my way, it would still be in a controlled manner. It would still be on my terms. It would still be in the moment that I felt okay to drop my guard and receive. And it was less fluid and it was less spontaneous. I don't know if this makes sense. So it was almost like I would be in a process, um, you know, living my independent life and having my own home and blah, taking care of everything. But then in moments where the process would become too overwhelming or too many deep emotions or blind spots that I could almost see, but not quite, that would be the moment that I would reach out. But I don't think there's been a time in past relationships where my partner would be involved in the entire process from beginning to end. 
and allowing the confusion and the words that don't make sense and the frustration and everything to be part of it. And it's not like I haven't been vulnerable. I have, but it would be in the times that I thought were the good times to allow that extreme vulnerability and to fall apart. And obviously I've worked a lot with plant medicine. So uh, with many of my ex-partners, we would delve into the difficulty with plant medicine, but still that would be like a contained space that is organized to actually fall apart as opposed to just living life and allowing these chaotic moments to arise when they need to. So the difference is really like, when can we live life in a way where that sense of safety to let go is just always present so that it can happen in any time that it actually needs to, as opposed to holding your breath until you think the moment is right or you feel safe enough. I mean, I could linger in this subject because it really all comes down to safety, no? Uh, but before I go into that, I just want to get back to like this third phase of surrender that I am in right now, which has everything to do with the ultimate way of being supported, not just by life, not just by the universe. These are things I understand, but truly from the masculine. And in my case, the teachings have come through money. And in my past, just to give you a glimpse of who I am and <laughs> how I've maneuvered, many times in the past, it was actually a pattern of mine that I would be financially stronger than my partner in the past, to the point where it would frustrate me, to the point where it has caused men to feel emasculated. And it has caused me to be, to become resentful because of certain, um, occurrences, no, in those relationships. And it's interesting because my relation in the past to money was kind of like, yeah, you receive, you give, you spend, it flows and it has to flow. And I suppose this is how I was raised, no, like the first imprints I received regarding money is that there's always more than enough and whatever you want to go for, go for it. And so the lessons that I had to learn regarding money came almost in a reversed way than someone who has abundance issues, no, or issues of lack, for example. Whereas for me, it was more like the grounded aspect of the value of money had to be learned. And I learned those lessons in a very, very hard way. Yeah, a few years ago. And that really changed everything. And that taught me that the essence of money in this realm, on this earthly realm, is really power. It's all about power. Whereas previously for me, it was more like freedom and you have to approach it energetically, um, you know, not to hold on to it, but also not to overspend, but really to uh, respect it. So I, I really came from this like spiritual connection, this emotional connection to money, whereas it's also very much a power connection and very, very masculine actually. Because it's numbers, it's value, it's how we measure, no? Whereas the feminine doesn't quite care about measurements and numbers. It cares about value, that's for sure. But it also, in my, in, in my experience in my life, it was more about uh, freedom and abundance in being able to share that money. But anyway, it had many negative effects on my past relationships. And I started healing this uh, pattern uh, many years ago. Like the relationship I had before this one, um, that had already been resolved. Like there was, there was clearly, uh, none of that residual, 
um, competition and evaluation and emasculation. None of that was present. So I knew this had been healed. And then when Ruan and I came together, we move with money in a quite similar way. No, like we're connected to our purpose. We're um, super ambitious and always inspired. And we're always creating because we love what we do and we love sharing. And so the money na naturally comes in. And throughout this year, there have been moments where I'm a little bit more abundant and then he's a little bit more abundant and we share and this and that. And it's all great. And now, of course, being pregnant and having made that choice of like, I'm going to distance myself from my work because it's not working. And on top of that, it had always been a dream of mine to just be pregnant when I fall pregnant. Actually, in the, in the recent past, I dreamt of just being pregnant and writing my book. Unfortunately, I started writing my book a lot later than I thought I would start. Um, and it's, it's actually a book, uh, to honor my maidenhood and to honor the work of my purpose so far. So it's going to be an accumulation of stories, um, mainly love stories, of course, of my own life, but also examples of clients I've worked with in really viewing like how can we move through the hardship and trust again and what are the certain practices and rituals and uh, contemplations that have allowed me to shift through very sticky patterns in order to trust again and to basically arrive where I am now in life um yeah living life with my best friend my my husband the father of my children like overflowing in love um, yeah, feeling so safe, feeling so free to be myself and feeling so uh, in, in the ultimate balance of what it means to be a team and being able to move through difficulty to get there. And so that's the book I am writing and it's so far, yeah, the structure is there, the stories are coming, but it's going to take me more time. Um, I just wanted to already announce it because I don't think I've, I've spoken about this publicly. Um, and it's specifically dedicated to the strong, independent woman, because I believe that we have certain blind spots that are different to perhaps a person who has abandonment issues. Um, like the strong, independent woman, her blind spot is really not knowing how impactful her masculine qualities are and how they are actually the reason for not allowing a true masculine man to step into your life and for you to feel safe to tap into deeper layers of your feminine. So to come back to this third layer of surrender, which has everything to do with money, I am now in a position where I am not making money and needing to surrender to the masculine taking care of me in a way that hasn't happened since I was in my childhood. So this is literally the first man I, and it's different, right? Because when it's the father of the family and you are the child, um, you don't think about it so much. It's just a natural occurrence and it's how the roles are divided. No, like how does the man, the father provide and how does the mother care? Um, just to put it in black and white terms. And then obviously I grew into my maturity and became more and more and more and more independent and inspired and started making my own money 
quite young because I'm just this channel of inspiration and it's not like I was looking for my purpose. It just developed and here I am. And so now to let go, I never realized how deeply it would touch me to surrender in this way, to have my man, my husband take care of me like this. It is huge. It's so hard for me to describe like how it is touching me because it is asking me to let go of control in a way that I've never done in a relationship. And I see this as like preparation for the birth and postpartum because in the birth it's physically opening and to allow the support, especially I would say of the man, like the role of the man is so underestimated during pregnancy in general, but very much in the birth giving. And yeah, just, I don't know. Like I, 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 for myself throughout this pregnancy have seen so clearly like the importance of, of, of Ruan, of a man, of, you know, finding it hard to even imagine what it must be like for a woman to not have a choice, but to continue working throughout pregnancy. Like I cannot imagine that because my instinctual drive, like my primal drive for my feminine to just be a woman and for me to really deeply connect to this altered state of consciousness in pregnancy. Like it's so hard for me to imagine what it would be like to feel you have to remain in your masculine to make sure, um, you know, the family is provided for, um, as opposed to allowing the man to do that. So I don't know, you know, for every woman, everyone has their own story. I don't want to generalize. I don't want to put labels. I don't want to, because in, so, in many cases there is no choice. And I, I find that very unfortunate, but then in moments that there is a choice, very often the woman will have difficulty in truly letting go of contributing something or earning something or whatever because of the difficulty of letting go of this idea of what it means to be powerful. And I can speak for myself, I've gone through the same thing. Because months ago I committed to being on maternity leave. I made a few exceptions for long-term clients because they were going through a tremendous transformation and I cannot just drop my clients. Right. And I have enjoyed those sessions. Um, and I've also had moments where it just really didn't feel matching and I've made exceptions that I shouldn't have made. Um, and I did that because there was a deeper part of me that wanted to remain in control. Uh, cause it wasn't that those few sessions and little things that I was doing brought in the money that we needed. It, it really isn't, but yet receiving that money gave me a sense of empowerment, which is fully connected to the way I've lived life <laughs> in all of my mature, independent life. And it's the thing that unknowingly has, has allowed me to, to, to continue feeling power. It's like, you know, we've shared our finances since very early on in our relationship. And yet now my experience of using our mutual card was different. Like there was a part of me that felt like I had to explain what I was spending on or sometimes even defend 
or ask permission. <laughs> like things that he is not asking of me at all. And things that actually come from this archetype of being a child and needing to ask permission of my father. You know, whereas now it's like, okay, how do I shift that into the mature woman I am in this balanced, equal, mature relationship where he loves providing for us, no? And really being okay with it. I'm not there yet, which is why I'm expressing this because it's like, it's making me see the thin, thin, almost visible, invisible to the eye layer of this masculine aspect of me that is connected to money or how I have defi defined what power means in my life is wanting to hold on, wanting to stay in control and ultimately is asking me to find a deeper connection to trust. And in my case, with my karmic baggage or whatever you want to call it, this is the thing that needed to come up in order for me to learn deeper lessons of surrender. And I think it might be personal for, for, for everyone. No, this is not to say that I'll, I'll be a home mama forever, but it is to say that I'm granting myself the space right now because I deserve it. And because our child deserves it. And because I then get to nourish our family in a way that otherwise I wouldn't be able to. Because I just wouldn't have this creative, super juicy feminine energy to, to, to contribute to the way that we polarize within this home of ours. And I wouldn't give Ruan enough space to step up in the way that he's stepping up now. Um, because we both go through different transformations, no? It's like the transformation of becoming a father is very different than what it means to become a mother. And what I see for him is that it has everything to do with finding the freedom within the increasing responsibility that is arising. And so it is allow, uh, yeah, it's allowing, or let's say it's asking him to step up in that level of maturity and redefine what that means to him. Whereas for me, the redefinition comes from power. And I think that this is so interesting because the whole feminine empowerment movement has all been about independence. Whereas true interdependence is what is needed in a polarizing relationship that works. And whenever a woman is unable or unwilling to let go of these aspects, She's not giving enough space for her man to actually be in his masculinity and vice versa, right? But I think it's harder for a woman to drop the masculine facade um, and allow more of the power of the, the true feminine to come out because many women on the path of connecting to the womb and the sexuality and making choices and becoming an entrepreneur and all of these really, really important aspects of the way that the world is evolving are so important and yet very often you know i question like where is the space to just let go for you as a woman and as you are preparing for your future partner how can you already start practicing that or if you are in a relationship 
where can you let go? To stop taking initiative, to stop providing, to stop needing to be in control, but really practice letting go of control. And so regarding me and money, it's a, it's a dance that I'm welcoming. And I've had moments where it's hard to describe. It's like I could tap into this like energetic network within my cellular structure or my nervous system that were showing me like the embedded strong belief that has been with me my entire life, which is why there's this deeper, deep, like hidden part of me that is not yet fully letting go. Obviously I've let go of so much <laughs> in these seven months of pregnancy and actually in this year, you know, because even before pregnancy, there were so many layers of letting go that allowed me to soften, 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 trust more, trust more, trust more. And it's interesting because from the very beginning with Ruan, I could feel a trust coming from the core of my bones that I've never felt with anyone, literally anyone. And so that was the base of how I entered this relationship. And yet it's, it's like a flower with infinite petals because the lessons of trust and surrender are ongoing, ongoing. And being in this third trimester leading to the birth, I can see that these, you know, little moments of resistance and difficulty, they're all just lessons to prepare me of what it means to open my body completely. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I wanted to share this because it's like just fascinating and under appreciated, underestimated and misunderstood mostly by women. Um, yeah, really, really, really. So there's a few funny examples that I can give <laughs> of how this was expressed. Um, and I'm just going to give light examples because I think um, they are things that many people can relate to. Uh, so the first example is when we got our puppies. Uh, funny enough, we got our puppies exactly when I fell pregnant, which obviously we only found out two weeks later. Um, but with the puppies, I could already feel like this um, maternal energy rise up in me. And I have had dogs in my life. Uh, the last animal I had was a cat. And so my relation to animals, uh, or specifically pets, no? Like when you are the guardian of an animal, you act in a certain way. And I had no idea that the way that I acted, or the way that I guided, or the way that I was a combination of my feminine masculine, because I was, you know, the source of love and nourishment and at the same time, I was also the source of protection and guidance. And then with Ruan, it was the first time where I could truly see that the way that he interacted with the puppies was purely from the masculine. and They would respond to him in a very different way, like the leader. And they would come for me for something else. And I remember in the very, very beginning of us getting the puppies that it uh, confused me 
because it pushed me into my feminine in a forceful way because the other part, the leading role had been taken over, which is a part that I was also used to having because my personality is quite masculine. And um, I have a good sense no, of like, what do we need? Where do we go? What da, 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 da. And it was a really beautiful moment that cracked something in my consciousness to create that space basically for my man to take the lead in the way that I honestly find so sexy and so attractive. And it's why I'm freaking in a relationship with him. And yet in that moment where it was brought out to practice, there was a resistance within me now to fall back and say like, wow, the way that I nourish these puppies and my different type of relationship with them and the way that they relate to me and what they need from me is so different to embrace that and to see that there is no competition of like, oh, this position is more powerful than that position because both are needed. And I'm just giving the puppy example because, I mean, puppies or babies or uh, anything that you nourish, which can also be a project, it comes down to the same thing if you want to step into a polarizing relationship. So the second example actually kind of weaves into what I was just saying is when we started a new business. Uh, so this is the business of Kudra, which I haven't yet announced, but it is a herb of immortality. Um, one that I came across in Thailand 10 years ago, I fell in love with it. I was never able to, to encounter it in other parts of the, the world. And I kind of forgot about it. And then when I came back here, it was one of the first things I, I, I thought of, you know, like, ah, oh, but of course I need to drink this herb. Like it has proven properties to, to cure cancer and all of these things. And it's an adaptogen. So it really aligns the hormonal system and the bodily functions to create ultimate way of using your energy sources as opposed to the peak energy that you receive from caffeine, for example. Anyway, Ruan fell in love with the herb as well. The official Latin name is Genestema. And in China, they call it Jagalon. So anyway, he got so inspired, especially in the beginning of our pregnancy, to create a business and say, how is this not available in more areas of the world? Let's go for it. Funny enough, this was exactly in the moment where I was stepping away from wanting to work, no? It was exactly in that moment where I was in stage one of needing to surrender to my feminine and being pregnant and seeing that as the most important job I have as a woman in this relationship right now in this present moment. And this is when we started to brainstorm. I mean, the brainstorming was fun. We did it with uh, sex magic practices and we really allowed our hearts and our body and our sexual energy to provide us with creative input and inspiration. And at the same time, I could feel strongly in my body that I couldn't contribute in the way that I was used to contributing to any project I've ever established in my life because I've had a lot of projects. And some other time I need to make a list because the amount of um, products I have created and services and programs, and it's like, wow, I'm actually amazed by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and yet this was the first time with Kudra that I could see like, oh my God, the way that I'm fueling this, you know, the coming alive of 
this new business, there was no room for my masculine. And to put it more frankly, the only moments we would get into discussion or like friction is when I was trying to force my masculine to contribute in a way that I was used to. Because I thought that this was the way that I bring value. To have an overview, to have clarity, to direct, to guide, to take initiative, to see, blah, 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 blah. all of these things. No, like, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. How else would I have managed to be where I am now without all of those masculine qualities? And yet what was needed of me was to feel, to deeply feel what feels right, what doesn't feel right. And it's so simple that it confused me. And it did take us several months for me to shed that resistance to not allowing my masculine to be part of the way that we're setting up this new business. Because I would have moments in shifting into, I don't actually have the energy, I don't actually want to do this. I know I'm a great web designer even, like my, I made my own website. Um, you know, so all of these technical functions and, and how things are done or marketing strategies, like... I do actually find them really interesting and fascinating. And yet there was nothing in my natural experience that wanted to do it. And yet there was this huge program that felt that this is the way I can contribute. So I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And then it's not coming naturally. Plus it's not really my role if this is what I'm doing with my partner um, who has those qualities. You know what I mean? Because if he possesses those qualities as a man within his masculinity, and I then come in with my masculine expression, it will result in competition. And so I'm giving this example because, you know, in our case, it was the birthing of a new company. And maybe that's something that you've experienced with your partner as well. But it literally can come down to anything, whether it is how people contribute in the household, no? I do this, you do that, oh, and it's uneven, and I've done more than you, or, you know, the sense of competition does not exist when the woman is in her feminine. There is no measuring of things that the man needs in order to measure the value, like money. It's numbers, it's clear, it's, you know, whereas the feminine is the emotional value, the intu intuitive value, the the invisible, the, the energetic connection, and so important, but cannot be measured in the same way that you measure how much time have I put into building a website. And I think that this again comes down to how do I value my own power and contribution? Because the qualities I possess the moment I drop my masculine in the way that we have steered Kudra in this particular direction... And by the way, you can go to drinkkudra.com to see what we have created so far. You know, there are some edges that need to be polished. Uh, I think in the new year, we're really going to bring it forth um, as a product that rests on the philosophy that we live by, which is less distractions, less phones, less screens, less... <sighs> less of all this rah that we have created in this modern world and to bring us back to being present and to sense.
and to be here now. And the herb is part of allowing that to come forth. Anyway, I'm drifting off a little bit. Um, where was I? <laughs> so this example I'm giving because I think it's a really classic example of like, where is this underlying sense of competition and where does it come from? And it's fascinating because when you look at fights within women or, you know, this typical nasty girl type of thing, it really comes from the masculine within women where there is competition or like, oh, she's more beautiful or, oh, she's smarter or, oh, she's this or that. Whereas when you are truly in your feminine, none of that can exist because it's not what the feminine cares about. It doesn't care about winning. It cares about contributing from a place that is purely alive within a woman when she's in her feminine. That is the essence of unconditional love, right? Like a mother who will love her child unconditionally. No matter what mistakes they make, no matter what lessons they need to go through in life, no matter whether they get upset, angry, frustrated, um, whether, you know, it's like the love will just be there. And this is the kind of all-encompassing acceptance and um, sense of connection that really comes from the feminine. Whereas if the masculine steps in, the masculine would want to control that those mistakes the child makes won't happen again uh, from the woman, no? Or, yeah, this, this level of competition that I was talking about, which has come up on these tiny little moments between the one and I, when I don't actually want them to exist. But they're there because there is an imprint in the way that I've lived as an ultra-independent, strong woman. That it's like something that we don't want to admit as women. We don't want to admit that we have been in competition. We don't want to admit that we partially have been so strong on our path of purpose because it's truly what we were meant to do. But at the same time, there's also something that wants to be recognized. Like I see this a little bit too much on Instagram, no? like the need for recognition in a way that shows me the deep insecurity that is actually behind it. Even if that person is sharing amazing content, there's still a layer coming from the masculine that needs to prove something. Whereas if a woman really steps into her feminine, like when I turned my account into a personal account and I sporadically share and sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And none of it is to sell anything anymore. And none of it is to prove to you that I'm an intimacy life coach. And none of it is to prove how much freaking experience I have or how many people I've, I've helped empower themselves. Cause there's been a lot, whether they were clients or not, I've touched so many lives, but instead I'm sharing from where I am now in the present. What is my present experience? And when we tell stories, the essence of the wisdom that we have gained through experiences of the past will be perceived. There's no need to explain that. There's no need to wrap it into, here's a quote of wisdom to reveal how freaking smart I am or how experienced I am in life. It's like, no, the feminine doesn't really care about that. The feminine comes from pure sense of love, nourishment, generosity, presence, um, it's, yeah, it's hard for me to, to really put words to it because it's like, I don't think I've 
ever felt energetically so open, so much trust in my connection to my body, appreciation for my body, and the amplification of my intuition that has happened, which many, many, many times in this pregnancy have come out in stronger ways than I've ever experienced, even though I've been a highly intuitive woman since a very young age, allowing that to be my guidance system in every single way. There have just been these really profound, almost clairvoyant moments in within our relationship, within what I felt was going on for Ruan, but also within what decisions do we need to make as a unity? Where do we need to go? What does our baby need? You know, who is the midwife we connect? Like, and that is feminine leadership. Cause I'm not saying the feminine, the woman in the, in the polarizing relationship needs to drop all of her work and let go completely and not make any money and rely completely on her husband and just be a source of intuition and emotional support and nourishment. It's like, no, I'm not exactly looking at it from this classic a uh, conventional way of what is the role of the woman. I think we're all allergic to that because it doesn't provide the freedom that we need in order for our true feminine to be expressed. And very often in that traditional form, there was huge suppression. But what I'm talking about now is that within this year, there's just been so many moments where life has pushed me in an extreme way to experiment deeply connecting with the feminine. And it has provided me an environment in which I get to exper experiment that. Because I will write books. I will continue working with people. I will forever be this profound channel of inspiration and share. Because it's, it's what I need to do in order for me to feel sane. Yet right now, that part of me doesn't need to exist. And like I said, there's just this edge that I feel I'm in the process of letting go of in preparation for the birth, which has everything to do with trust. And I just find it so humbling, this experience, and so empowering in a way that has nothing to do with the you know, the general um, definition of what female empowerment is about, because most of that is masculine, but really to let go, really to surrender. And as I was confronted recently with, you know, these, these feelings of like losing control because of this money um, topic right now, losing power, but at the same time knowing that I am in the most empowered state I could be in. It brought up memories of the past, of childhood, of it, yeah, it just felt like a, a plant medicine ceremony. Um, but as I was tapping into this shift, I, I could just see like, wow, it's just residue. It really is. And right around the corner is going to be a sense of empowerment that is beyond anything I've ever experienced. Beyond all this ultra 
independent, strong expression of my supposed feminine that I thought was the essence of my feminine all these years and really make room for something that, in my case, in my life, can only be experienced as such, standing by the side of my man who polarizes me, who knows how to support, how to provide, how to be there, how to create security, how to take care so that I can open up and let go. And the more I do that, the more attracted he is to me. And the more I do that, the more I find a power that is unknown to anything I've previously perceived as powerful. And it's interesting because within that process, the things that have triggered me so far, which I have some time now to like get ready for, is the type of support that it requires to give birth, and especially the postpartum, which is, you know, the 40 days after birth where preferably the woman doesn't cook, she doesn't clean, she doesn't, she takes care of the baby, she finds a new rhythm, and everything else is taken care of. And in this recent week, there was something in me that felt like I needed to prepare all of that so that when birth comes, I know I'm taken care of. But that again is coming from my masculine who wants to be in control, knowing that the type of security I need in order to surrender is taken care of by me. And that's a trap. And it's a trap I see many women go through within relationships. Let, 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 let aside the idea of pregnancy and giving birth. Like without pregnancy and giving birth, there's so many women who feel like they need to take care of things so that they can have the space to feel safe to let go. But that's upside down. That is your masculine taking care of your feminine. But how do you let go so much that the space is created for the man to step up in order for you to really surrender and trust? You can't surrender without trust. You can't trust without letting go of control. So the control has to be let go of first. So if you're obsessing about planning and making things right in order to be able in a space where you can receive support, that's when you know something is out of alignment. That's when you know it's not truly your feminine expression, even in your deepest moments of vulnerability. It is staged almost doesn't mean that it's not true what is happening in those expressions it just means there's a controlled environment in which you allow that but there's not enough trust to just allow that when it really needs to occur which can be in awkward moments in the middle of the night in wherever whatever to just let go and sometimes even lose it no and so finally, the last tiny little anecdote that I want to share, because we've just arrived in our birthing nest. And oh my God, has it been a journey to arrive here. <laughs> and I just want to share this little anecdote because it kind of matches with this whole concept of like, how much do you want to be in control? How much do you want to plan? How much do you think you doing that is actually going to get you to the place where you want to be in order to feel safe and let go versus how can you actually let go so that the things fall into place in the way that they need to fall into place in the timing that is right, not the timing that you think is right. 
What I mean by that is I did my absolute best, or we, better to say, to arrive in Copanyang before the third trimester started, preparing us for the most serene third trimester. And in my inner vision and in my dreams, I I could just see myself making long walks on the beach with my dogs, playing a lot of music, writing my book. Um, I'm also writing a bedtime story book for um, my baby, <laughs> uh, which is the adventures of when she was in the womb. <laughs> so anyway, I have all of these creative pro- projects, and I, I was sure the third trimester was going to be all of that. And you know, connecting with community, making friends, finding home, making home, nesting, all of this like beautiful imagery that every single woman being pregnant wants and needs. And yet, even though we arrived on time, there were many struggles, many challenges. More struggles and challenges than we've encountered in our relationship at large, and in our pregnancy. It was like the peak of deep, strong lessons regarding home all came together as we arrived in the place that we knew we were going to birth our baby. And part of that struggle was finding the right home, but even when we found the home, there were difficulties because the monsoon, the rainy season, has been more excessive this year than it has been in years It caused all kinds of problems. Anyway, the process was delayed to finish the house because it's a new house, no? It's newly built. Meaning for about a month and a half, we've shifted between three different houses even, um, which makes it hard to ground. On top of that, we got sick. Um, Yeah, anyway, as you can hear, it's been a process. The irony of this story is that years ago, and I'm literally talking about a time that I was probably 26 years old, in which I was supporting a girlfriend who was pregnant. And maybe this was the first pregnant woman I worked with, because at the time, or maybe after that, I started working more with pregnant women. Um, I was doing a lot more energy healing sessions at the time. And yeah, I mean, in a way, it was all about connecting the woman to the primal instinctual self to know what she needs, no? Um, and, and really allowing energy to flow. Anyway, it was super beautiful, super magical for me to like come in contact with that energy so intimately for the first time. Yet one of the things she struggled with at the time was approaching her third trimester and not yet having a nest. And I promised myself at the time, and I mean, this is... I'm 33 now, so this is seven years ago. I promised myself at the time I would never allow myself to be in a position like that. And I was sure that I was going to do anything in my power to make sure the nest is provided for so that the uh, pregnancy can be easeful. And ironically, I end up in a position where I almost had to hold in this urge for nesting and just be patient, trusting that things would unfold. And then when we finally got into our nest, which was only a couple of days ago, I cried for days. I cried without knowing why I was crying. I cried out of relief and out of just, oh my God, I I can't even describe 
the overwhelm of all the feelings I was feeling to the point where I couldn't sleep for a couple of like it was oh my god I was so impacted to the core of my being like I lost it like I became a mad woman um anyway obviously today I feel more calm I'm grounded I just needed that little bridging phase of recognizing we have finally arrived in the place <laughs> that I've been dreaming of maybe since the beginning of this pregnancy you know um so anyway it's really ironic that I learned the lesson that I thought I was going to prevent and that's exactly what I mean by you know we plan we try to create the security that we think we need in order to surrender when actually life sometimes gets chaotic and it requires us to find the surrender within that and that's been my lesson in the last month and to trust that things are just not gonna unfold the way that you think they should i remember in the beginning of my pregnancy i was having these conversations a girlfriend of mine said oh we're not ready yet to have babies because we're going to look for the perfect home and the perfect community and the perfect whatever which obviously all of us want but then in the end what if the community is perfect and the moment you fall pregnant you realize that this is not what your body wants or needs because you're shifting into a whole new phase of life and i know for many people it does work um in in my own life in my own you know the karmic baggage that i carry it has a lot to do with home i mean i was raised internationally i've been a nomad for many years peru was the most grounded existence i had again very ironic that i actually was preparing for you know attracting my life partner and creating a family by establishing such a grounded way of living in peru and then ironically when i fell in love i left all of that behind and and basically had one of the most nomadic uh years <laughs> to then again sink deeper into um the understanding of home and i think that the reason why i needed to learn these deep lessons is because it's a karmic lesson for both ruwan and i and because the kind of home it requires to know this is the place you're going to give birth and to have the right environment to raise a little one is a different kind of home than the home that you create when you're single or the type of home you move in with your partner um without having that family wish it's very different and so all of these lessons needed to be learned and we prepared in every single way and yet we still had to face the things we had to face in these last couple of months so it was literally inevitable and and that's really what makes it so interesting no to look at the feminine quality i mean in this case i'm also talking about the feminine quality in ruwan of course which in his case he also had to trust he also had to be patient he also had to know that we did everything in our power to try to control and navigate and plan and direct this last part of our journey and still need to move through, through some chaos in order to get the insights we need in order to truly be ready to ground really 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 be ready to ground and i can feel it in both of us no and i think the beauty also is that you know having been on the road obviously already shaped aspects of the foundation of our relationship 
but having gone through these difficulties in a time where I am so super pregnant, like, I don't know how to say it. It's like the way I feel, the way I move, the, it's, it's different than the second trimester. And to be in that stage and we got sick and the puppies always need readjustment whenever we are in a new place and us both not knowing exactly when we get to move into our house and on top of that wanting our creativity to be expressed but couldn't really and in his case you know work-related stuff as well and still be able to move through difficulty with ease together and to support each other and to listen to each other and to be frustrated and to allow each other to be angry not at each other no but like just to be angry like it's good to be angry sometimes so anyway this last example shows that you know there's not a black and white definition of like oh this is the role of the man he, he needs to provide and do this and that it's like no he also has an intuition and he also gets slapped in the face by the universe to need to practice deeper surrender for sure especially in his journey of becoming a father there's there's many steps for him as well in surrendering in death of identity in aspects of his work changing in aspects of his masculinity the role who he is as a man in the relationship like everything is changing and there are aspects in which he also needs to tap into his feminine and as for me even though i am absorbed in my feminine and the way that my hormones are operating right now and the expansiveness of my creativity and my intuition it's incredible and yet i do have a leading role in a different way as i expressed before it's like the feminine leadership comes from the natural aspect of my masculine which doesn't need to completely disappear just for me to be absorbed in my feminine it's the part of me that gets the insights and shares them knows what is important knows what needs to be done but in a very different way not in a controlling way not in a competitive way but really in a way of like this is what feels right i feel it so strongly we have to go in this direction and you know looking at houses it was so clear that was a really good example because we've probably seen every single empty house on this island and in that process we had to let go of what we thought it was going to look like but rather sense so here we are <laughs> yeah i think this is such an important subject like after the book that i'm that I'm writing right now in which some of these aspects will be highlighted, no, of like, when is the feminine coming actually from your masculine that is limiting the space in which the feminine can be expressed? And what does it require to be in a space where you can really allow the polarizing qualities to be the empowering force within a relationship? And when are you preventing that as the ultra-independent strong woman? Because very often we are the greatest sabotages of the thing that we want most. And so here I'm just giving you a glimpse of like certain huge, the huge things that I have discovered 
in 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 my feminine in the trust and to close this off i just want to say this tiny dancer in my womb is doing very well <laughs> and it's the most incredible experience i've ever had um yeah to feel life grow and to feel the connection and to be able to hear her needs and to accommodate it and to rely on my senses even more even more because i'm always a person who is so connected to the invisible to my senses to my intuition but oh my god what pregnancy shifts is just beyond so i have loved and i will love this process until the very end of pregnancy and um yeah she's moving she's connecting she's communicating she's dancing and one of my favorite things is that she knows when ruwan is close by um her response is immediate and i think the response is coming from the way that he makes me feel when he's really present with me um and then of course when he uses his voice she hears him and it just brings me so much love and joy to know that they too have already bonded even though she's in my body there's a clear knowing who her father is like it's i feel it so strongly so when my belly is starting to rumble i am we are super hungry <laughs> and yeah i've loved recording this and who knows maybe i'll have another moment of inspiration before the birth likely and uh yeah i'll just go with the flow without planning seeing when that spark is being ignited for my feminine thank you thank you thank you i wish you an enchanted last couple of days of this year and may your intentions for the new year be clear and may you receive all that you wish for and more the make love to life podcast is the place where we get naked and have a real conversation so if you enjoyed this episode hit subscribe and if you want more personal updates you can follow me on instagram or sign up for my newsletter on nalayachakana.com see you next time <laughs>